I'm Andrea, founder of a boutique handbag brand, Andy, and this is why I switched to Shopify. I tried three other platforms prior to Shopify, and I remember my breaking point was when I would try to make one little change and my entire site would go down. With the drag and drop theme editor, we don't need to hire a developer to do any coding. Each theme is automatically optimized on mobile. It's incredible. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Go to shopify.com slash listen to take your business to the next level today. I'm David Bonson in for Larry Kudlow, and I am very excited to bring on a couple more guests now just to continue talking markets, talking everything going on in this crazy world. Maybe we'll even talk a little bit about student loan relief and and, and see if uh, uh, these guys uh, paid off their student debts back in the day or someone gave them the money. Uh, Look, first, we are going to bring on Ken Bosari, managing partner, Case Capital Advisors, chief market strategist at Slate Stone Wealth, wonderful writer. He's been on TV all the time. I've been on with him a couple of times. Love hearing everything Ken always has to say. And then very happy to bring on with Ken, Jack Bur. Oh, I'm going to mispronounce this as always. Jack Burogian, chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Group. Um, guys, thanks for being on with me here on the Larry Cuddle Show. Uh, Ken, I'll start with you. What's your take on the Fed and the market response yesterday? Listen, uh, Dave, first of all, it's a pleasure to be on with you, and congratulations on that spot. How great is that? Uh, so here's my response. Here's my thought about that. I- I've been saying it since November that that, that Fed was going to have to get uh, aggressive. I was disappointed uh, all year long when they were not as aggressive as I thought they should have been. Uh, this week, I was telling everyone in my note that if you thought he was going to come out and, and signal he was going soft, you were completely wrong. I didn't see how he could possibly suggest that uh, because of inflation running at 8.5% at the CPI level and 6.5% at the PCE level, which is their favored gauge. Um, but one way or the other, I, I, what I'm a little bit surprised is maybe the, the reaction that the market had yesterday, which I think was a little bit overdone because I think – a lot of people are, were in my camp thinking that that was going to have to happen. But look, they took it up uh, 20%. You know, during the month of August, everyone's going, oh, no, look at that. CPI is great. They're going to go soft. And look, what it's, you know, it's all off to the races, when in fact it really isn't. So this is just an adjustment. I suspect more chaos in the, uh, in the weeks ahead as we, as we pull into the FOMC meeting, which, by the way, I think they should just do an intra-meeting. I don't think now that he made that statement that they should wait till September. They should raise rates now and get it over with. That's an interesting thought, but let me let me ask you, Ken, as a follow-up, you talk about the potential overreaction in the stock market yesterday, but I pointed out in my monologue, the bond market didn't move. The 10-year didn't move a basis point. The two-year didn't move a basis point. Uh, what does that tell you? It, it, to me, it seems that rate expectations are pretty baked in. You have that inversion in there. Um, right. Does it mean anything to you that the bond market actually shrugged it all off? No, I, I think what the bond market is telling you is that the is that the recession, if it's not already here, is coming for sure. Um, I'm a little bit. I was also a little bit surprised to see that the bond market did not react. But you know what? We may see more of a reaction in the bond market next week after people have a chance this weekend. They're going to dissect it. They're going to discuss it. They're going to figure out what it really means. They're going to figure out you know where we really are. Certainly, all the Sunday morning talk shows, shows like this, are going to create conversation. Um, and I think we may actually see more of a reaction next week. Well, Jack, let me bring you in. What are your thoughts? Uh, uh, Fed action yesterday. Um, Ken believes that the Fed has to stay hawkish. 
Uh, I think they have to stay hawkish with rhetoric, but I still think a point comes where they capitulate. That point isn't yet. Uh, where are you at with the Fed? Well, uh, David, Powell's doing his job. That, that's really what's happening. He's finally doing his job. He, you know, price stability has been the mantra for the Fed for now for a while, and we have seen what they've done. They, they made money worthless for so long that now when he starts to do what he's supposed to do, everybody's in shock. Well, well, the bond market's not in shock because the bond market knew exactly what he was talking about and exactly what he had to do a couple of months ago. It inverted a couple of months ago waiting for this to happen. I remember being on Larry's show back in maybe May and, and talking about it because we were not yet inverted. And I said, that will be the signal. That will be the signal that tells us that the rest of the market is going to follow suit. And, and the one argument I'll make with Kenny is that not everybody is as smart as he is. All right. When they saw that bounce happening, you had a lot of people that were expecting a pivot. They were expecting Powell to pivot based off of the inflation numbers that are coming because there's so much volatility in them. But the reality is that there's so much more happening. And the one thing that I'll add, and I know it's a good segue into other things we'll talk about, is that just maybe that the student loan thing all right, turned out to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Remember, we have been talking about fiscal restraint and how it just did not exist. And all of a sudden, you've got a situation where you've got the Fed pulling back on the reins. All right. They're starting to cut back on money supply. And you have got some serious spending coming out of D.C. It gets to the point where people that own stocks go, wait a second. This might not be the right time to be this long with equities and have this much risk exposure. But, but, but Jack, let me let me push back on that part, because it. The the problem is that the announcement came Wednesday, right? The markets had Wednesday to hear about this this insane student loan forgiveness idea, and they went up 400 points Thursday. They went down 1,000 Friday, but it doesn't seem to me like the I, – I wonder if the markets don't even believe this student loan nonsense is going to happen, that the, that the, well, the it, courts it, are going to boot it out. Light volume. Remember, that, that rally happened on like that. And, and Kenny will tell you, when we're in the middle of August and you see snapback rallies like that, you always have to you know, take them with a grain of salt. And that's exactly right. what happened. It happened on very, very light volume. And what it did right. is it kind of set the stage. And again, people were waiting for the pivot, and which did not come. When he held his ground, when Powell held his ground, all right, the bond market proved right. And that means the stock market is probably going to lose another 10 to 15 percent just to get to where the bonds are telling us it should be. But, but Kenny, right. if, if, uh, if the bond market um, is kind of pricing this in the right way, it's it telling us two things. It's not just the short end of the curve at 338 saying the Fed's going to get up to a 350 Fed funds rate. The 10 years at three. The 10 year is 50 basis points off of its high from a couple months ago. Isn't the tenure telling you that long-term inflation and long-term growth are going to uh, downward pressure, that at some point on the other side of this, we're back to Japanification, low growth, slow growth? Isn't that the long end of the curve telling us? Well, I, I mean, listen, that's certainly you could, you could discern that from the long end of the curve. I'm just not sure yet that, um, uh, that I believe, I, you know, I, I just don't believe it yet, but you could get people that'll say, just like you said, that yes, it's telling us we're going to get the slowdown. Yes, it's telling you that rates are not going to go much higher from you know where they are, uh, that the market's going to catch up. I'm just in the camp that I think the bond market is confused at the moment based on what I think is going to happen, right? Because I think he's not going to back off on rates. I don't see how he can, and I'm afraid that this is going to be a repeat 
of uh, of what we saw in the late seventies and eighties that the CPI you know is going to is going to roll over just for a couple of months and then it's going to rear its ugly head again uh, and and shoot higher as we move into the fall because I think energy is going to rise again. It's we're already seeing it. it's up eleven percent in five days. You know, so it's taken back some of that 25% uh, retreatment that it gave us for the month of August. It's starting to head higher again. And that's going to start to reflect itself in the CPI, whether it's in September, whether it's October. And I think that's what's going to uh, catch the market by surprise. So, so there's two elements there, right? There's both what the actual inflation rate would do and then what the Fed's response to all of it would be. And you guys are both arguing that, no, Powell's serious about this, where he sees inflation, he's committed to price stability. Uh, but Joe Lavorni in our last segment brought up the balance sheet, okay? And so we're yeah. talking all about what they're going to do on rates. They've been allegedly getting $47 billion a month off of their $9 trillion balance sheet, much like someone with $100,000 uh, you know, paying down 10 bucks yep. a month or something like that. So it hasn't been much, but they're doubling it next month. We're going to start supposedly seeing close to $100 billion a month come off the balance sheet. We right. haven't seen this. The dual activity of significant yep. balance sheet reduction and interest rate hikes at the same time since Q4 of 2018. When we saw it in Q4 of 2018, credit markets froze up, and Powell right. threw in the towel in about 25 seconds. Do you think that the QE reversal, quantitative tightening, as they kick it up a notch, will accelerate the eventual capitulation that I'm predicting? Well, uh, listen, I think if they start to tighten and they see the market completely fall apart, that they'll pull back on the tightening before they'll pull back on rates. I think they'll, I think it's easier for them to say, okay, let's pull back on the tightening. Let's go back to $45 billion a month or whatever the number they want to choose versus pivoting and capitulating on rates. That's that's just how I see it. Jack, what's your um, take on that? This Fed has a credibility problem, a huge right. credibility problem. And if they were to do anything other than what they are saying right now and maintain their mantra and keep on this road, they are going to completely have a huge problem with the markets. It's, it's getting to that point. You know, nobody seems right. to believe what the, what, what the Fed is telling us. Look, they're even telling us that a recession isn't, isn't two negative uh, quarters in a row. They're trying to reinvent the wheel here in front of our eyes. And but, Jack, why, to, and why do you think people would not believe what the Fed's telling you? I mean, this is the part i got to defend those who don't believe it because they haven't meant well, it for 20 years. They haven't no, meant it once for 20 it's, years. It's, it's not their job. Their job is not to make us feel good about the economy. Their job is to be the vanguard of the banking system, to watch out with their dual mandate, all right, for employment and for, and for price stability. That is their job. When they start to get political in any way, when they start to become the salve, all right, when they start to become our panacea in some ways, that is the wrong way to look at it. But, I'm not, not, but, but Jack, I'm not, I'm not talking about what they ought to be doing. I, I'm saying what they have done, going back to Greenspan through Bernanke, Yellen, Powell, the history is that they have generally – coddled risk assets they've generally coddled housing that's that's because they have made cash worthless we know that we've watched that and that's why we're we're going through this this type of agita as we watch the market doing what it's doing because it's got to get back down to levels that make sense it's been acting it's it's been on air for so long it's been on a sugar high this is what happens when you take a patient off of steroids you have been shooting the patient with steroids now for a decade, and you're making it sicker and sicker and sicker. You've got to take more that than a decade. Off. 
And exactly, well, more than a decade. And now we've gotten to the point where you've got artificial pricing, you know, for, for right. years in, in the fixed income market. And now you've got artificial pricing in equities until yeah, we can right. get to the point where we find equilibrium. Okay, and guys, we got to take a break. We, we got to take a break here for commercial. We're going to pick that up when we come back. We're going to talk about steroid economics and the Federal Reserve. Back at you after this commercial break. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 